0: Love covers a multitude of sins. Love and compassion can create a comfortable place that you always feel welcome, no matter your situation. Think about how love is attractive, that it will bring you in even when you think you should be put out. Love will remind you that even though you messed up, there's a place you can go and get cleaned up. Because of love, you believe that there is forgiveness. Because of love, you believe that restoration is possible. Because of love, you believe that forgiveness will be completed. Because of love, you are attracted to love and the benefits it brings. God's compassion moves him to receive the broken, the lost, the shameful, and the sinful. And his compassion attracts the broken, the lost, the shameful, the sinful. And because of his great love, we know what love is. Because how would you know love if love was never shown? But God has shown his love for us. And we have responded to that love. Praise God for his love. And how he loves us. And how he comes after us. And so when we look in Luke, the 15th chapter, we see a... Parables given by a loving God. We have the son of God speaking about how the kingdom of God is like. Speaking about how God the father loves us. And he is speaking because the Pharisees and the scribes have decided that it is not good for Jesus to fellowship with the sinful. The tax collectors. But yet. Jesus understood that I have come for the lost. It's not the well who needs the doctor; it's the sick. I, I've come to help the blind, the lame, the broken. I've come looking for the weary, the tired, the worn out. I've come to those who have given up and felt and, and given out, and I'm going to let them know that I can lift them up and pull them out. God's love moves Him to love us out of our sin and restore the repentant where you seek after the compassionate God and enjoy his benefits. In this Luke 15 chapter, we can call it the lost chapter, for it deals with the lost sheep, and it deals with the lost corn, and it deals with the lost son. Notice also each parable he begins. A man has 99 sheep, loses one. A woman has 10 coins, loses one. A father has two sons, loses one. Can you understand that Jesus is trying to drive home to them that God cares for the lost? Each parable is very short compared to this one we're about to dive into that was affectionately called for many, many, many people would like to say call it the prodigal son. But I want to encourage us to look after to see how it's a compassionate father with two sons. Notice that's how Jesus introduces the parable. A father has two sons. The first one is very short. The second one is very short. Then we get to this very elaborate, beautifully told story, why it is so popular. That's why it's so famous and and why so many people like it, just like they like the great long parable about the good Samaritan, so beautifully told. And in this parable, the father has two sons. One asks for his inheritance, goes and lives a riotous life, a A wildlife and squanders everything, not responsible in a far off distant land. Ends up that he loses everything. Not only does he lose everything, then also there's a famine that hits the whole country. And so therefore he doesn't have anything to fall back on. So he has to hire himself as a servant to us. That doesn't mean much about hiring us to a servant. But yet he is hired as a hired servant. He's lower than a slave. See, a slave will always have food at his table because he's living there in that property. The hired servant is like, you get what I give you, and you better be happy that I gave you this. And you look closely how he says as a hired servant, he says that he would long to eat the pods, the beans, the the issue that they're giving to the pig. Look, he was so poor, he was so low, he would steal from the pigs. And that's real low for a Jew man to be even next to the pigs. matter of fact, feeding the pigs, thinking about even eating with the pigs. And then it says he comes to his senses. And it says, in my father's house, the servants have more than enough. There's nobody here willing to help me out. But I remember it was good in my father's house. And he says, I sinned against heaven. And my father, i got to go back, but I can't go back the way I came. i got to go back low. And I'll come back, Lord, as a slave. Just let me get back in the house. I'll just come as low as I can. And so Jesus is dealing with a son who left, who strayed, who lived a life of notorious as a sinner, and then he's coming back home. It's good to come back home. It's good to have some homecomings. And then he comes back home, and the father sees him and runs out to meet him, hugs him, dresses him, puts a ring on his fingers, tells the slaves, kill the fatted cat. We about to have a feast in this place. So the party's going on. You know, matter they party, probably got a DJ up there spinning their ones and the twos. Music is bouncing and blasting. People out there dancing. Older brother's out there here in the house rocking, say, wait a minute, how come I'm not in this place? What's going on? Call one of his servants, or let him know. Oh, you know, you, you and her? Your brother's back. And your daddy had to throw a party for your brother. Oh, I'm mad now. not throw a party without me. Father, father's looking around the party, greeting all the guests, say, hey, my, my son is back. My son is back. This is my youngest one. Where's your oldest one? That's a good question. Where's my oldest one? He goes out to the field. Oldest one, will you come in and celebrate? I'm mad, man. You're going to throw a party for this jerk? Took your stuff? Spent it crazily? And you going to throw a party for him? I have obeyed all your laws. Kept all your commands. I've been a good servant. Living in here, taking care of you, taking care of mom. I've been cutting the grass. I've been trimming the hedges. I took the garbage out. I bring it back in. I've been doing good stuff here. And you can't even let me have a a goat with my friends. You're going to kill a cow for him. Huh. I ain't going back in there. But, son, everything I have is yours. And you've always been with me. But I have to celebrate because... Your your son, your, 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 your brother, he, he, he was
1: dead, but now he's alive.
0: Yes. He ain't come back in. Do you grab how this is showing us in our relationship with the Father? When the youngest son leaves is evidence of our sinful life. When we sin, we reject the Father. The younger son rejected the father, by he said, I wish you were dead. Give me mine now. Because you only get your inheritance when somebody dies. That's why many of those good old TV shows, and they look at motives, they always have that little plot. There's always one plot that comes up right when somebody got life insurance. Oh, they just got the life insurance a couple of days before they passed away. I think that's motive. Because I only going to get that million dollars if, if you're dead. And by I make it look like an accident, I'm rich. How oftentimes times, I, if I get rid of you, I can get what I want. So once you just get out the way, here comes the son to the father saying, you know what? I think you're holding me up. Um, give me what's mine. And it says a few days later, what much time, once he got his money, daddy was able to turn those assets into some liquid cash. He was ready to borrow. But so I'm not going to ball here so you can keep on looking after me, telling me what to do, what I can't do. I'm going to go in a far off place, away from you, away from your cover, away from your protection, away from you to able to help me out. I'm going to go and fall flat on my face. He answered what he said, but I'm going to go and live because I'm big enough, I'm bad enough, I'm grown. I can do what I want. But yet, when we look at our sinful life, we find out that I am not satisfied with God's timing in my life. I, God, I... I think I'm grown up now, so give it to me now. But God, let you know that I, in time I will give you what you want. But yet you want it now, and you're not ready for it now. We we know how 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 it is with children. You know how if you ha- ever have a, a, a infant in your lap and you're trying to eat some food, they trying to eat that same food. But you know they're not ready for it yet, so you got to take it out their hands and no, don't stop grabbing my fork. Stop doing it here. Take your bowl. Take your bowl. Take your bowl. We understand what they're ready for and what they're not ready. The same here with God. God sees us reaching for stuff that we can't handle, we can't take. If we get it, we might choke, we might hurt ourselves. And God is trying to protect you and say, yo, you're not ready for that yet. I have what you need. Aren't you glad that God knows what's best for you? But when we reject him, it shows that we no longer want to fellowship with him. We want to bond with him. And we want what we want, when we want, and how we want. Also, was this soul's of sin is a life a full of brokenness. Notice that he was rich when he left his father. Away from his father, he was broke. He was poor and impoverished. Sin leaves us broken and helpless. Matter of fact, it said it became a famine. You know, when famine is calm, it means there's a drought. And, and you know, when you are most thirsty, what do you need? Water. But when you are thirsty, right, how oftentimes you don't want water? I get some tea, can I get some lemonade, gotta get some pop. You know, we want anything that got that got some flavor, but I guarantee if it's been some days and you didn't have anything to drink, and somebody offer you a bottle of water, that bad boy look like the best thing you ever had. And how true it is that once we become dry, we realize how much we need water. His sin made him so broken, so empty that he started looking, remembering how good he had it. In his father's house. Tell your neighbor, in your father's house, there's many blessings. But away from the father's house, you're going to miss out on those blessings. Sin makes you a slave with no benefits. He, he, he had to become a slave. He went from being having servants to being a servant with no benefits. It says no one was helping him out. Think about it. When he had money he might have had some friends now he doesn't have any money he has no ends there's no friends it says that he would like to eat whatever the pigs were eating and nobody bothered to help him out anybody been there before you living a life of sin with some friends and and once you're trying to get right they leave you alone The, the popo come running you And they run away from you and you get caught. They get in trouble. They tell it was your fault. And so they skid out. But you get the blame. Some of y'all quiet on me. Y'all been good all y'all life. I've been in those crews. Oh, they they don't want to go down alone. They're going to bring you down too. Or if they can put it all on you, they will. That's why we try to tell our children, what, birds of a feather flock together. Be careful who you hang out with because they will bring you down. And they will tell on you quick. So if they they can lessen their punishment, they will put it on you. Here it is. He had all the money. He was living a good life. He must have somebody get that money too. But nobody there to give him any money or to give him a corner or a crust, anything. He's sleeping with the pigs. Sin leaves us empty, broke, impoverished, and dirty, messed up, smelly situations. You know, you know he's living with the pee. You know he's smelling dirty. You know, you know like people not probably not let him in the house. Like, oh, you stink, get out of here. Uh-huh. Notice how sin will put an aroma on us that some people will not even talk to us, won't even mess with us. Sin breaks our relationships, it breaks our friendships, even breaks our own spirit and our own way that we just feel low, left out, and down and out. But yet, if you ever experience love. Ever tasted love, or you're longing for love, you start looking for love, and so he had some time to think about why he was down on his back. All he could do was look up, and he started thinking that in my father's house. You notice in the text says when he came to his senses, when he came to his senses, he started thinking about said in my father's house the servants have more than enough, and I'm here a hired servant and I don't have anything to eat, but in my daddy's house the the servants had more. Then enough. Y'all catch that? He's in need now. He's in want now because he don't have his daddy to call on. Psalm 23 tells us, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Think about when you're with your father, you have nothing to worry about. Oh, glory be to God. He's going to take care of you, but now that he's not with the sheep, he's lost. He's like that one that got lost from the 99. He, he's away. He's out of protection. He's out of covering. He don't know where to go. He's lost. But he said, man, it was good back home. How was that? Because his father had compassion, had love for him. they remember that my, my daddy loves me. Anybody here glad that you could say my daddy loves me? Some of y'all couldn't say hey, amen. That's all right. I, I wasn't talking about your physical daddy if you got issues with your physical daddy. I'm talking about your heavenly father. He's the real daddy. And he loves you. Oh, glory be to God. And so the son is looking back to how he needs to go back. Mm. Go back where? Go back home. Now, these parables always mention about repentance. Repentance is a change of mind. You notice where he changed his mind here in the text? And one moment says, Daddy, I'm good without you. And one moment says, Daddy, I can't live without you. And one part he was willing to say, I can do it all on my own. Next point he realized that, Dad, I can't do it on my own. Somewhere he realized that he had to change his mind. He had to change the way he was living and come back and live under the rules of his daddy's house. Let me help some of you out that you might want to live under the world and do what the world tells you to do. But I want to encourage you that you need to stop trying to live under the world's protection and covering because it can't protect you. It cannot cover you. But yet when you're under the word, oh, glory be to God, when you're under the heavenly father, oh, glory be to God, you can say no weapon.
1: Formed against me shall prosper. You can say you can stack up against me, but greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. You can let him
0: know that I'm more than a conqueror. I'm so glad that I can say this because I know who my daddy is. And so he was realizing that, oh, it was good in my daddy's house. I, I got to change the way that I'm living. Now, look what happens. Here. He says, you got to confess. Here. He says, uh, I sin against heaven. Now, here it is that this is how the Jews would normally confess their sins unto God. And and they wouldn't say the Lord's name because they were fearful to take the Lord's name in vain. So they would say, I sinned against heaven. And heaven was the domaining of God. So that was to basically illuminate, to say, I'm speaking to God. And so he realized that, Lord, I sin against you. He said, And then he comes to his father. He's ready to rehearse what he's been practicing. Remember what he was practicing? I sin against I sin against heaven. I sin against you, Father. Just take me back in as your servant, and I'll be good, right? Yeah, y'all know that's what he's practicing, right? Notice where the butt comes in, because he's coming back home. He realized that it's back home, so he's coming back home, man. And 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 I can imagine with my mind's eye that he's not running back home. He's practicing the speech like. How am I gonna say this to my dad? Because I know I let him down. How I'm gonna say this to my daddy, I know I let him down. Okay, okay, okay. I sinned against heaven, and you father, will you welcome me back in? As your lowest servant, I sin against heaven and you, father, will you welcome me back in? And your lowest servant. So he's practicing, he's coming back home, and it says his daddy sees him. His daddy runs after him. Now you know how he smells, right? He hugs him, he kisses him, he puts on fresh nice robe on him puts a ring on him realize that his feet probably got blisters because he's been poor and poor people don't have sandals he said let me help you out son let me give you some sandals you look kind of kind of famished. you look like you haven't eaten well that's all right you're gonna eat good today go get the fatted calf and you know, understand the fatty calf is just not any calf it's the calf that they have been fattening up for times like this They don't eat meat every day like we eat meat. You know, we bless with the market stuff. We can go to the market and just get meat any time we want. But back then, they didn't have refrigerators and freezers and all that stuff. That When they killed it, they had to eat it. And so the fatted calf was a calf that kept fat for a great festival. And the father said, what better time than this? My son is home. Now, we dealt with the son being like the tax collectors and Even now, even representing the Gentiles being in a foreign land, messing around with the pigs, coming back to the father. But look closely with how the father, the compassionate father. How do we know that the father has compassion? One, the father goes and meets him. It is not cool for a grown man to be running in public. It was like to show his legs was not dignified. But father said, I don't care what's going on. I'm willing to be embarrassed, whatever it got to take to get, let my son know that I'm welcoming back home. Son confesses his sins. Father says, but he interrupted him. Let him say, I heard what you said. That's good. But forget what else you're about to say. Let me restore you. A robe, a robe. When they put a robe on, a man will put that onto the guest to welcome him in. So he became a guest into his own house. But then he gave him a ring. A ring lets him know that I'm putting you back in a place of fellowship and relationship because this ring is to show you that you're a part of the family. This ring is something like how some, some, some rich families have family crests and rings. They give it to the sons, they got a family crest and ring. This is pretty much, here's a family crest that I'm putting it back on to let you know that you're right back to the way you left. Oh, glory be to God. He's let them know that you are willing to come low, and I'm glad you came low, but I can lift you up. Anybody here glad that you can be broken, you can be breaking down, but God can lift you up and build you up? You, you came here poor and impoverished, but let me help you out. I'm going to put some sandals on your feet and let you know I'm going to restore you, that you can walk with your head lifted up high, put some nice clothes on you, and go and celebrate and kill the fatty cat. It's letting you know that no matter how far you've gone, no matter how much you think you have messed up, nothing is too difficult, nothing's too bad, that God cannot still love you. Now, I'm speaking about God, our Father. There's other people that might have stopped loving you. There might be some other people that just don't care about you. But I want you to understand that. You don't have to worry about them. I got a few amens. You can go ahead and try to please people, and you'll always be disappointed. But God is letting you know how you can be, how you can serve, and he can say, well done, my good and faithful servant. See, see God is, is letting us know that when we just come to him, he can walk us through how we can be a blessing to him. Because notice how the son confesses and the, son, the father restores him. The repentant are restored, reconciled, and have a relationship. But yet, the second son, the eldest son, still wrestling with the same sin, I believe the young son had, pride. Pride comes before the fall. And we saw how the youngest fell. Now here comes the eldest son, who represents the scribes and the Pharisees, ones who feel to be self-righteous. Notice what he says to the father. I have obeyed all your commands. Could that be true? Mm. He's saying that I, I've been good. I've been here all this time. And you're going to throw a party for him who lived a crazy life? And, and notice how both instances, the father comes out to both sons. Both sons have broken fellowship with their father. One earlier left to come to be restored, the other one is, is refusing to come in. But the Father's trying to bring him in. Do you understand that how God is, is after us? And since He's after us, He does things to get our attention. But He won't force us. But He lets you know that it's good in the house. Oh, help me out! It's good in the house. Oh, don't, you, don't you think about how when, when you have your air conditioner on. Come on, I know I'm reaching the crowd now. When it's hot outside and it's cool inside, don't you want to go inside where it's cool? Don't you think about how you think about situations you want to be in because it's better there than it is? Oh, that's why the younger sons they would think about in my father's house is better than where I am. I need to be in fellowship with my father. But the other son think, oh, I got it all together. I think I'm right out here in the field. I don't need to go back in the house because I'm mad at my daddy for how he's loving on his son. Notice he didn't say, my brother. He said, your son has wasted all your money, and you're going to let him back in the house. He didn't say, my brother, my baby brother, Junebug. He said... Yo, son, I ain't got nothing to do with him. I'm going to come up in the house and throw a party, and I'm out here working. Father says that we had to throw a party. Y'all, did y'all grab that? He said we had to throw a party. Why do we have to throw a party? Because he was dead. Now he's alive. Let me drive this home. Can you see how celebration comes from life? Do you know how we have life? It's through death, through death on the cross. That the Son of God had to die on the street so that we might have life. And do you understand that through that action, a party had to take place? I'm I'm trying to leave y'all alone, but I'm excited. I'm I'm, I'm trying to calm myself down because y'all not with me. It's all right. It's all right. In the garden, uh, Jesus was being betrayed by Judas. And they come with with torches and swords to come and get a peaceful man. Peter, see what's going on, cut somebody's ear off. Jesus said, "No, know, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. But don't worry about this, Peter. Let me fix this man's ear. I want you to understand something, Peter. That I have 12 legions of angels on standby. On standby. Like, he just basically said, if I just said the word, I can shut this place down. But yet, the angels were not standing by to shut the place down. They were watching and anticipation the work of our salvation. Because we already found out early in the parable what happens over one sinner repenting.
1: They throw a party up in their place like never before. And all they need is just one. All they need is just one reason to throw a party in heaven. And, and, and I, I'm so glad that I got, I gave God a reason. To throw a party in heaven. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Anybody here sent out an invitation to the angels? Said, I called on the name of the Lord, and he heard my cry. And the angels started rejoicing because of a sinner repenting Good God from Zion, may the Lord bless you real good. But on your way home, you ought to celebrate that I got a glory over yonder. I got a party over yonder. In my father's house, there's room with many mansions. And there's a party in each room because I've got joy. I've got joy. I was down and out. Thinking and sin, but the Lord reached out, lift me up, turn me around, place my feet on solid ground. I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm so glad you're saved. Good God from Zion. May the Lord bless you. Real good. Can you say yeah? I'm so glad. I'm saved. Washed in the blood of the Lamb. May water as snow, I should have been dead, but I'm saved. So we rejoice now. And, and you know why we throwing a party now. We just in practice for when we get up there. But when we all see Jesus, what a shade of rejoicing that we'll be. When we all get to heaven, we'll see and so I got the victory. Oh, glory be to God. (laughs) Hallelujah.
0: So seek after the compassionate Father. Never give up seeking him. knowing he can restore you. He can clean you up. And he can fix you. Let us pray. Oh, God. We thank you for loving a wretch like us.